Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Amory score question mark. Not really. Um, hi, it's just Jackson here today. There's no Molly. Uh, this isn't an actual full episode, as you would tell if you'd looked at the title. If you haven't, then sorry, you're finding out right now. Um, I wanted to apologise uh, again for like the way the schedule has been really erratic recently. As anyone following the network knows, it's, it's just been a really stressful couple of months. I'm finishing up uni. Um, my final deadlines are at the end of April. And the other week, a neighbour like you know tried to bash down my door because I was being too loud at night without even realising it. And uh, I now learned, don't don't exactly feel safe here anymore. It was not not a fun. It wasn't fun. Uh, so I'm moving across the country like in a couple days while also trying to finish school, which did not leave enough time to get in with Molly and record an episode and edit the full episode. Which sucks. I, I feel really bad about it because, like I said, it's, it's affected the network as a whole, um, and it, it, I don't want it to. I would, I'd rather be doing that than all this shitty work and all this awful life stuff. Um, and I also felt bad because you know we've had delays anyway, um, and I wanted to make sure that we could get something uh, something on the feed. So I've, I'm putting, I'm making an MP3 to go up. Uh, the consolation to this is that the comic we're covering has also had delays. We were operating on a schedule where if we had continued at our two-a-week pace uh, it would we would have overtaken the comic uh, with the delays that have gone to the comic now the comic's not finishing in June until June and it, it's it's April now and there's only two issues left and the last one came out in February like uh, these final two issues have taken a while um, so uh, hopefully now with everything working out how it is we will be okay with on that front um, and everything will be good uh, that's what I'm hoping uh, let that comic get done. It always takes not very much money in comics, tragically. People gotta work, gotta produce a lot of pages, so I wish them luck. I hope it's okay. Um, but for this episode, I wanted to talk a little bit, uh, not about Coconut Cambria, there's no Coconut Cambria in this episode, uh, on two fronts. I wanted to talk about the just other music I like. Um, this is all, this is me, this is all me. Uh, Molly is very welcome to do one of these later uh, if we ever need another fill-in slot um, so I'm not saying these are the mu- these is like the other non-coheed music we endorse this is all me uh, Molly doesn't even know I'm doing this haha <laughs> um, because I, I want to do this because a lot of <laughs> a lot of listeners do not like Coheed and Cambria like at all like they like the ridiculous lore and have fallen in to hearing about the the tales of Mayo but they don't like you know the songs and Claudio going ah and then all the big guitars um and I, I get a lot of ribbing I get a lot of ribbing uh in the discord for just having an awful and a bad music taste so I you know I'm here to completely dispel those rumors I definitely do have bad music taste um that's just the reality of it. I have got a list of five albums that I like that you can be like, oh, this explains Jackson. None of these are very good. Uh, they're all they're all great albums. They're all great albums, and you're all wrong. Um, if you want to go listen to them, I guess you can. But I just want I want to talk about the music I like. I wanted to, you know, take about ten minutes to do that. Uh, put this feed up. I put this, put this MP3 up on the feed, and then answer a couple questions. I put a call out to Twitter for questions, uh, and I have I have quite a few. So, 
I'm going to answer some of those. Okay, so uh, let's have a look at these albums I've got written down here. Uh, these are in no particular order. I just decided I'm going to choose five albums and talk about why they're good and, you know, layer a song from one of them underneath. Um, or layer one of the songs underneath. Uh, and first album, top of this list, um, no particular order, but it is at the top. So, you know. Um, I I had to pick uh, a They Might Be Giants album. My favourite band is actually They Might Be Giants. You might not realise that from the fact that we yell about, you know, ridiculous prog rock slash pop punk all the time on the show. Slash metal, if you know you're insecure about liking pop punk, that coheed a pop punk. I'm sorry. That's just, they are. That's what they are. You must face the truth. Um, and the album I decided to go with was Mink Car, which is their 2001 album. It came out September 11th, 2001, so shockingly, no one talks about it. I tell you how the Cyclops rock. The canonical favorite in like uh, a lot of they might be giant groups is usually something like Lincoln or Flood. Flood was their big album. Lincoln's the one before that that uh, was like also big, just not quite as big, and has their like sound with with the, when they started in the '90s and uh, in the '80s through to the 90s and they had their like drum machine and before they got a full band uh mink car from 2001 they had a full band it's basically the lineup that they still have today i don't think marty bella was there yet but the other two the other two uh the dans were there uh, go um look up they might be trying to line up on wikipedia you know what i'm talking about but the um this album's great there's a song on it called uh, cyclops rock which is one of the they might be trying songs i always think of and always remember because um, I had, up until this point, basically listened to nothing but shitty pop punk. So, you know, nothing has changed, but it was like, yeah, like I was looking to Green Day, I was listening to Brinkway 2, um, all the stuff that you do when you're 13 years old. And the thing that shocked me about this is that I didn't think of They Might Be Giants as like a rock band until I heard this song. Uh, and then I realized, oh wait, they can go way harder than these like idiot teens. Um, and it was great. It's a good song. This album's really good. It has a bunch of like, I, I don't think of them as an album band. They just have a bunch of tracks uh, that they arrange onto albums. And like, they have errors, but I don't necessarily think of them as an album band outside of you know, things like Factory Showroom, uh, which is an album in a way that not all of their stuff is. Uh, but this is a great collection of uh, giant songs that I never see come up very often as being that good. So I wanted to I wanted to rep for it today. Mick Carr, good time. They might be giants are a great band. I love them a lot. Okay, next up on this list is Streetlight Manifesto. Somewhere in the between, because I have to acknowledge the elephant in the room, which is is that I like Scar. Would you be upset if I told you we were dying? And every cure they gave us was a lie. Scar's good. It's good. Shut up. Um, <laughs> there's a great tweet that my friend Dangle Will has. He's called Will, the at Dangle Will. Uh, <laughs> which is like, I can't remember the exact wording, but pushing back against anti-Scar sentiment out there. If a bunch of jackasses want to like jump around and play saxophone, you will let them. Uh, which is basically my sentiment. Uh, Streetlight Manifesto are the best ska band to exist. That is almost an uncontested fact. Uh, of of the of the post 
90s era of Scar meaning, you know, white people in California. Um, they are the best of that era, shall we say. Uh, it's a crucial distinction there. And this album is their second album, uh, and it's great. Um, the first song I heard from them is called uh, Would You Be Impressed? And I remember listening to it in my grandma's house when I was like 17 or something. Um, I've been a bit younger than that, actually. Uh, but I, I was listening to it, and it just really, like, completely took me took me back. Because, like I say, I listen to a lot of Scar. It doesn't really sound like this. It doesn't really sound this good. As much as I like the aesthetic of it's basically rock music, but there's a horn in there, uh, which is all it is. And sometimes there's an upbeat. It, th- th- this is this is all it means. Um, and I appreciate that this band does a little bit more with that. It's, like, really cool rhythms, rhythmic stuff. It's, like, really cool, like, arrangements with the horns. They're much more detailed. <laughs> I'll put some music under this so you can have a listen to what they sound like and be like, Jackson, that shit. Uh, but they're good, actually. I like them a lot. They're a good, good band. They take fucking forever to release albums, and they've been in a lawsuit with um, Victory Records for about 70 years, which finished the other year. And so maybe they'll put out an album again in the future. Who knows? There's no way to know. They've only released three slash four, depending on how you count. But we're not going to get into the history of Catch-22 today. We don't have time. Third album on this list uh is called uh y- yoshu F- fukushi yeah uh, it's a jap it's a japanese band it's from maximum the hormone which the band i got into last year uh and i fucking love them i was not prepared to love this ridiculous band so much uh they have might arguably be my favorite band now um because they're great i l- I like the aesthetics of metal musically. Like, I like big noises and guitars and da 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 Like, it's, a, it's the thing I'm into, but I don't often... I, I really don't like metal songwriting for the most part because it's often very focused on, um, like, guitar solos and riffs and a lot of screaming. I, I, need a, I need a melody. I need a melody. This is why I like In Flames because they basically are a death metal band that ha- they, you know, were like, why doesn't death metal have any melodies? And then they invented melodic death metal. They're great. Um, and, uh, <laughs> like, the thing that is basically my driving musical thing that I like, other than I'm clearly a rock music person, is that I like a good, I like a good chorus and I like a good tune. Uh, and, like, this band is often called, like, wacky, and they are. They are definitely wacky and weird and, like, mashing up genres and stuff. Like, they'll just go from this, like, nice, uh, sweet chorus that's, like, light with the girl singing into just intense breakbeats and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Uh, and they'll switch between those really fast, and that's, like, the, their thing. But to me, it's more that... <laughs> it's less that they're doing that for their own sake of being wacky and weird, and more that they will not allow anything to stop them having a chorus. Their their only mission is that there will always be a chorus. It doesn't matter if they have to completely break the genre of the song to do so. They will put a chorus in there somehow. Stop, 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 stop,
and this album came out in 2013. Uh, they are known mostly for the themes from the second half of Death Note, which are uh, the, the like actual opening is like maybe their most bonkers song, um, and their songs are usually a little bit more little a little bit more comparatively normal. Uh, but this is like an album in the way that their previous albums are not. It is a like 60 minute long complete thing that is great. Uh, I love it a lot. It's, it's one of my favorites. It's great. Um, yeah, good. Uh, number four in this list is uh, Heretic Pride by the Mountain Goats. I needed to put a Mountain Goats album in here because, you know, they're great and I like them a lot. And I was deciding between whether it was going to be like Tallahassee or Heretic Pride or Beat the Champ or something. There's a lot of great Mountain Goats albums and a lot of great Mountain Goats songs that I like. I think Alpha, Ratne Alpha Rat's Nest might be my favorite Mountain Goats song, but it might not. You know, there's a lot of great ones. Uh, but I think Heretic Pride is probably my favorite and it comes down to having like both an incredible opening and an ending song uh it's just it's just fantastic the opening song is called sax roma one um and the way it like conveys this cinematic mood in just a few words uh is excellent like it, that song feels like a crescendo in the way that you know songs with actual musical crescendos don't <laughs> Mountain Goats are great. Everyone has probably talked about why. There's a whole podcast about them. You can go listen to I only, only listen to the Mountain Goats if you want to, because uh, you know John Danielle's music is great. He's fantastic at like putting a line into a song that is so uh, just small but captures the essence of it, and then they, you sing that, and then the guitar goes heavy, and that's like the one trick he has. Uh, that's really reductive, but I, I mostly mean to say it's a really good trick. Like there's so many songs that just end on this note of like this 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 uh, this line and then they but on an acoustic guitar and that's what about 60 percent of mountain get songs are and it works every single time it's incredible well done john thank you for that um armed and odd about the final song on this uh the final um album to put on this list because i i didn't know you know i like a lot of albums i don't know whether to like try to force myself to be more varied but something i liked a lot blah 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 um, but I decided to go with uh, First Ditch Effort by NoFX, which is a recent NoFX album that came out in 2016. Because I needed like a straight pop-punk album on this list, because that's basically what's, you know, that's what I listened to all as a teenager, um, and I still listen to a lot of it today. As much as that genre is you know, often very, very bad, I have a lot of affection for it. It is essentially what I grew up on, uh, and you know, I'd, I'd like it to be good. I'm not saying I defend it, that means something else. But um, NoFX's like last album is it's was really surprising to me because NoFX are a band I don't know who is listening who knows who they are, but they're basically a long time band that are very snotty, um, an inspiration for people like Blink and Offspring and those kinds of like we yeah we're just snotty bands you know na 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 skate punk stuff. Uh, they did um, this song called Linoleum that got big from. Uh, 
an album that I forgot the name of, even though it's very famous. It's like an important punk album from that era. Uh, you know, a lot of lot of famous stuff they've done in that scene, and they went on to influence it a lot. And then this is so this is the only the only bit of music writing I've ever really done. It's not a thing I really you know get into that much, but. Um, I wrote this, this thing about it in tw at the end of 2016, comparing this album to uh, California by Blink-182, which is a fucking terrible album, and Revolution Radio by Green Day, which is obviously even worse, um, and how they're like trying to think about growing old and continuing to stay relevant as you know idiot punk musicians. Um, and NoFX's first ditch effort is one of the few old punk albums albums by old punk i mean uh that manages it it because like up until 2012 they were writing some just embarrassing shit with like oh here's a song about how we discovered um who jesus was and therefore easter's fake and yeah, there's a richard dawkins reference in this song and then we're gonna make a you know shitty song about how if uh if if there were only um uh, you know if we if we sent hookers to the war zones maybe there wouldn't be war Blech. like it's just fucking awful garbage and of that kind of like south park trope era uh and this album like reckon actually reckons with that in a way that i found refreshing for like growing up with these bands that suck a lot uh code being one of them um it was nice to see <laughs> it was really nice to see a band like acknowledge oh wait the world's bad i'm bad this is screwed Uh, and not just be like, oh no, you know, hashtag resist Trump, which is what Green Day tried to do, as if anyone gives a shit about what Green Day have to say ever uh, about anything. Um, so yeah, it was nice. It was a nice person album. It was basically written as uh, uh, Fat Mike was in rehab for, you know, doing a lot of drink and drugs for many, many years. Uh, and it's a good album. It's a good album. Uh, and that is a little, little short taste of my, you know, feelings on that as a genre. Um, so I hope that wasn't too sporadic and, you know, I'm, you can't, I can't really do a podcast on my own, but I've tried my best here. I had made a couple notes and just went into it. Uh, and now I've got a couple questions that I want to answer. Uh, so M, you may know them as the other host of Abnormal Mapping, asks, why? Well, I have to assume this question is in response to why do this podcast at all? Why Coconut Cambria? Why music what is wrong with you i have to, i read all these connotations and you know, inferences into this question and the answer is because it's good because fuck you that's why because it's a good band and the music's good because you're wrong and that's just a fact and that's just what we're gonna have to deal with so thank you for your question um, now we have allison good friend allison here uh saying how long have you been drumming what got you interested in it um she says boring, but I'm curious. It's not a boring question. That's a great question. Because I was... My parents basically say that I was born drumming. I got a drum kit when I was about, you know, three that was a toy drum kit. I would set up um, empty cans and, like, celebration tins 
and just arrange them in the living room and just hit them and pretend I was drumming. So I was like a clearly an incredible kid to be around, right? Like I was the best. Everyone loved having me in the house. Um, but I only got my actual first drum kit in uh, mid-2005, it would have been. Uh, maybe 2000, no, 2004, 2005, like around that. I forget it might have been... I forget whether it was at the start of year six or at the start of year seven, but around then because it was it was when just after American Idiot had come out, and some point in that year, uh, pro- probably no, it would have been it would have been 2004 because I think I got it between my birthday and Christmas. So yes, it would have been Novemberish, uh, 2004, and I'd gotten really into American Idiot as my first big boy album, um, and I wanted to play the drums, and I basically didn't stop playing them uh, for about seven years. And then I had to move to university, uh, and then I have never really played. I, had, I don't have a drum kit anymore, I can't afford a drum kit, I can't afford the space for a drum kit, and it makes me very sad because I think drums are uh, the best instrument. They're the, be- they're the best instrument because... So I, I, when I was in a band for a while, as we all are, as teens, um, I played guitar and I was uh, on vocals I was not meant to do that uh, Sam was meant to be our um, our, our uh, guitarist and vocalist because they can both play guitar and sing and I can't do any of, them, of those but because we were like a punk band and they were like actually singing it didn't work so I took over and started shouting and it went much better but that had the side effect of me now I'd never really played drums live that much and it sucks because drums are, drums are great the reason I like them is because they are one of the at least compared to like something like guitar, which I find too fiddly, um, even though it can be when you're doing like rhythm guitar. Uh, but um, drums are something that you play with your whole body. You are like the beat, and you just bec- like. You- <sighs> this sounds really fucking highfalutin and shitty, but like you know, you are making the rhythm with your own body. It is fantastic. You're like you know doing the kick drums on the floor, keeping out the time on your right hand, bouncing the sting on your snare with your left hand, balancing all these together, and through like movement that isn't fine detail movement, but is much more uh, motor movement in your body. You are like creating a. Uh, like the feel of the rhythm and also because you're on drums everyone has to follow you uh so it, you feel much more in control than if you're like when i would play guitar live um i never felt in control uh not because like oh being the drums the best you get to control everyone but because i'm bad at guitar and um i was always reacting to i oh gotta gotta like but like in time but i can't i just i can't play chords i you know i mean i can only play chords and they're only easy chords um so <laughs> I just, I love drumming a lot. It's one of my favorite things. I miss it deeply. Maybe when I move, I'll be able to like save up for a drum kit or something because, you know, it's my favorite thing. I would find, find a band, find anyone in, you know, the part of England that I'm going to that will have, um, <laughs> that will need someone to play fucking <laughs> ridiculous punk music. Uh, does that even exist anymore? It's 2018. Kids are, kids doing that? I don't know. Some kids gotta be, but it's it's on the way out. It's on the way out. Um, okay, we have a question here from Toffa, which is any significant feelings on Coheed and Cambria music videos? I had some friends whose only exposure to the band was from the PSP demo disc that had the Blood Red Summer video on it. Um, I don't have that many feelings to Coheed music videos because I haven't really seen much of them like more than once. Like I probably checked them all out on YouTube years ago, but I haven't done that since. Um, we will definitely talk about the Sufferings music video when we get to the Suffering, don't worry, for obvious reasons that will become clear in a few episodes. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, they're just music videos. I don't know. Uh, the one where Claudio's head gets cut up into a into into a like does Claudio's head get baked into bread or does someone else's? Someone's head gets baked into bread, um, and it might be Claudio or it might be Claudio doing the baking. I don't remember. That's a weird video. Uh, but they often have nothing to do with the songs because obviously you're not going to make it, you know, there's, there's one music video that is technically the story of the song and it's a CGI nightmare just of battles happening. Like, it doesn't, it's nothing. Uh, so obviously they just make, you know, videos to put on scuzz and Kerrang! Uh, things that presumably don't exist anymore. So, yeah. I don't have many feelings on that, but good question. Uh, Crasspants asks, Will you do a King Crimson lore cast after getting through all the available Coheed and Cambria comics, novels, appearances on YouTube gaming channels? That is a reference to the fact that Claudio is now a regular on Game Grumps uh, as a guest. He's showed up there multiple times to talk about Star Wars and things. Because uh, obviously Claudio is a huge nerd and loves video games. So I, I would like to take this opportunity to extend an invitation to Claudio to any of our shows um, if, if he wants to show up. Uh, happy to talk to you. Sorry for dragging you so much. Love you. Love your work. Um, I don't know what King Crimson is. Let's do this. Live Googling of King Crimson. Here we go. Oh, this band. Right, this, right. King Crimson, the ridiculous prog rock band from like the 60s and 70s, uh, you know, till today. Uh, no. I mean, obviously not. I don't really know enough about them, because like I say, I just had to Google them. Um, we'll probably just stop after Amory Wars reaches its conclusion, uh, and come back whenever there's a new Coheed album, or a new Coheed comic to talk about, is likely what we'll do. Maybe me and Molly will find something else to podcast about, because we like podcasting together. Molly is the best. Everyone has to be nice to Molly. At the Dead God asks... Uh, why would you introduce me to this wonderful shitty band? Why would you spread them to my ears? I was pure once. You know, that is fair. That is a fair question, and I have no answer. It, it is just something I did. I'm, and I'm sorry. Um, Joshua asks, thoughts on Deer Hunter? That's D-E-R... D-E-A-R Hunter. The Deer Hunter, not the Deer Hunter from the movie, The Deer Hunter. Um, and how they approach a concept album story as opposed to Coheed. Now, the Deer Hunter are like the thing you do after Coheed. That is, the, there is a Galaxy Brain meme <laughs> that was a call out post uh, for Ali from Friends at Table when we were talking about Coheed that was like um, a list of Coheed songs that are the best and then the top Galaxy Brain with I only listen to the Deer Hunter now. Like it is a, a very obvious place to go from here. Um, the, the Deer Hunter are good. Um, I don't like them quite as much because I don't like the music quite as much. Um, I prefer simpler, poppier songs, and the Deer Hunter are like actually progressive. Uh, but they've got some great songs, um, and they're definitely better at like weaving an actual story, and you can feel the flow of like the emotions through the album. Um, not necessarily what's actually happening through the lyrics. They're still very vague, but they are more like poetic, sort of vague than Coheed's just jumble vague. Um, so yes, Deer Hunter are like definitely more uh, classically good at the thing that this is trying to be, but the like actual music of Coheed and Cambria is more to my taste. Okay. Matthew asks, what is the best Mountain Goats album and why? Well, I talked about Heretic Pride, which is my favourite, uh, but the answer is any of them really. Like, Tallahassee is fantastic and is beloved for many uh, for obvious reasons. Um, 
Um, Beat the Champ, which is the recent album from 2015, is an album that everyone loves. Rightly so, it's a great album. Um, <laughs> it showcases just how far John Donnell has like come since he started writing music. Not in a way that like makes his old work bad, but like the amount that he can just pack into just a single throwaway. There is a throwaway line in the song, um, "The Legend of uh, Chava Guerrero." Um, which is it the line is just it's real sweet to get old and the amount of like bitterness and regret and sadness that is packed into that one line is just like incredible just like well done just uh, i will never be as good at writing lyrics as this i will like if i wanted to put that amount of like emotion into something it would be some overwrought bullshit that everyone would rightly hate uh and the what like seeing john daniel's like work change over time and the way he can like you know use lyrics is, is good it's good very good it's, it's because i listen to mostly pop punk and rock music you don't you you like it's weird when you see someone who's like actually like a, you know a poet in a sense of can write poetry and not just has written words that rhyme to the tune of a song which is most rock lyricists let's be real and so someone who has like even the basic understanding of how to like use words to you know um inflict emotion on people uh just gets automatically elevated to the status of a god <laughs> uh if you're like me and you've only listened to like bad music <laughs> um so yeah that's my feelings and we have a final question from hunter which is what bands inspired coheed and cambria uh also other pop punk jams so i went over this a little bit but i'll do a little bit more i guess um the big inspirations for coheed and cambria are obviously like Iron Maiden and Queen. They want to be both of those into one band. It is very obvious with every song that they want to do like a trooper riff and then have a big ah Queen chorus. That is all they want. That's all, literally all they want. The problem is you could go listen to Iron Maiden or Queen um, because these influences are very direct and I feel like it's fairly obvious that those are like the main big influences for the band. Um, there are others, uh, obviously. But those are the big ones that I would I would note. Uh, in terms of just pop punk jams in general that I happen to like, oh, what would I? What do I want? To, what do I want to highlight in this very brief section here for now? Um, I'll go I'll go in a weird direction, I guess. Um, there's a song called "Xenophobic Blind Left Hook" uh, by Saves the Day, which is from their album Saves the Day, uh, which is a band, of course, from the '90s who did. Um, that album i think it's like say what you are or something it's a big album it's like a, it's mostly an email album i think it would be referred to as uh and they kept going as most bands do and did albums through the 2000s they weren't all that great uh, and they did an album in 2013 that was like a shocking return to form was really good and this is one of the songs off it and i think it's a fantastic jam um it is nicely restrained in a way that not all the other songs you will hear on this podcast are it is a good uh, it's just a good song it's a good song it feels really good it's got good rhythm i like it a lot it's very sing-songy I like it. There you go. That's a jam for you. There are obviously others in the world. Uh, if you want to like tweet at me for like more opinions, um, feel free to do so. If anyone has any, you know, questions for Amory Score for other things, let me know, and I'll hopefully get them. Get that all done. If you have any questions for Amory Score or for any other, you know, anything, just at me. Uh, podcast at abnormalmapping.com is where you need to go for any uh, like podcast emails. You can find our other shows at abnormalmapping.com. There is Abnormal Mapping. It is a game club with me and M. You can find Second Officer Slog there, which is a Star Trek podcast where we read Star Trek books and watch Star Trek. Uh, that is at startrekpodcast.space. Uh, there is Fireside Friends with Ryan 
Alan and Katie at firesidefriends.net. There is novel not new with Gen6 and M at <laughs> readinggames.fyi, I think. If I fuck that up, then let me know, because that's that M is registered to new URLs, which are ridiculous. Um, if you want to listen to the Great Gundam Project, it is $1 a month at patreon.com slash mapping. If you want to read the letters, it is $5 a month. That is the plugs. I'm so tired. Never record like a half an hour solo podcast. Oh god, this was meant to be a quick fill-in thing, and that's fucking more work than... What have I done, people? Sorry if this is a bit, you know, tired and rambling, but uh, don't do a podcast on your own. That's my advice. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. We'll see you soon with an actual episode of The Amnesty.